Hey guys, before listening to this episode, please know that this episode discussion may contain triggering and or sensitive material. This episode includes discussion of sexual assault, rape, sexual violence, and domestic violence, and that may be triggering. If you do feel triggered by any of these topics, there are many resources that can help, some of which of those are linked in the description. So, new dog on my block, which is great, super exciting. They're adorable, right? I mean, I work in the bar restaurant industry, so I wake up around like 11 o'clock, usually on, on a good day. I like don't like where this story is going, just solely based on your tone. <laughs> so this dog, I heard a bark every morning at 6 a.m. And this dog does not stop barking until about 9 a.m. Great. My dog starts hearing this dog and then starts going off. And my dog doesn't bark ever, but when she does bark, it's like booming loud and demanding and it's annoying. So one day I'm looking out the window, like where the heck is this coming from? It's either my neighbors right behind me or a couple neighbors down the block from me. But I don't know, I haven't seen any new dogs like walking around my block, so I'm so confused. And it sounds like it's right outside my window. Like you can't hear it from really my mom's room or my brother's. No, but you feel like it's like in your head. In there. And I thought I was just imagining it at one point the other morning. I wake up, I open the blinds. And my doors open my room. I hear this dog barking and I see him two houses away from me in the backyard of my neighbor's house going off. It's outside, it's freezing cold, it's seven in the morning. My dog then hears this dog barking cause my door was open. So she heard it all come through very like, very loud. Runs downstairs, jumps up onto my like chest that I have right by my window. And then they just make this intense, intimate eye contact. <laughs> and neither of them are barking and their tails just start wagging and then they started barking for the next three hours and it was super cute but I never want to hear a dog bark ever again <laughs> like over it over it all right let's do it this is throwing down with Jess and Lily that makes no sense you can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us just off. Turn us Ooh, off. all right. On that note, we're throwing down. One. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to this. Friday episode of Thrown Down because we honestly don't know what day it is anymore. With Jess and Lily, I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. Um, and you know, okay, I just want to start off in like the nature of honesty because I think it's really important to be transparent and real with people. We all know social media is fake, um, but if you've ever seen my Twitter or Instagram, I am not good at glamorizing my life or making it look better than it is at all. But we we've been taking like a little break here and there not in any sort of organized fashion, but just kind of like when we feel like it. And I know that that might sound like lazy millennial of us, but you know what? I also just want to say that this pandemic has been extremely hard on everybody. It's been extremely hard on me. Um, I can speak for myself. Um, and I feel like I have it really easy in comparison to most people out there. Um, but everyone's struggles are important no matter what they are, even if people have it worse. So don't diminish them. Life can be really hard. And if you need a break, do that we get it we always have your back in taking a break so that's just like our little like life update <laughs> um but aside from that there is just like 
the other thing I just want to start off by saying is like there is so much going on like I feel like my brain constantly throughout the day is like that scene and it's always sunny in Philadelphia where he like he has the cork board and he's like connecting all the dots and there's like all these things going on yeah Charlie like there's just, there's is yes that one it's just there's absolutely like an incredibly huge amount of things going on I think this is our first pod in the Biden era I the thing is I don't even know because I'm so like there's just so much that I don't even like GameStop I'm not even going to elaborate. I on don't that. even just, understand just that. GameStop. Have we done a podcast since the song driver's license came out? Have we talked, no. have we, have we fairly debriefed at the song driver's license? We're not going to, but I don't think no, we have. Because I don't want to cry on my way to work later. There we go. There we go. Um, what else? Oh, I don't think we ever talked about James Harden and that's well old news now. But yeah, I don't even know. I don't think we did. Everything feels like it happened yesterday or three weeks ago. And, and there's no in-between. For like, me. that's the whole thing of it's like, in one way, I feel like Biden's been president for five years. And, <laughs> the, and so I'm like, yeah, we've obviously done a podcast since Biden's been inaugurated. I don't but, think so. Because that was like last. But I think Monday it's only been a week. Or Wednesday. But for whatever reason, like it doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. I, I guess I just know, like I said at the beginning, we literally don't know what day it is. I um, saw a tweet and it was like four Wednesdays. In oh January. my God. I saw that too. That's what, like what the picture of like viral storming the Capitol, like inauguration, GameStop. And I forget what the other one was because I am not. Oh, the impeachment, the impeachment. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. I made a TikTok about this. I thought it was really funny. If no one else did, that's totally okay because I- I would think it was funny if I had TikTok. There you go. That's fair. But it's like, I think it's the scene from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where he's like, why didn't you tell me this? And he's like, well, because I wanted us to fail. Obviously I didn't know. And it was like, why do you do the podcast on Wednesdays if everything always happens and there's so much news on Wednesdays? And I was like, well, because I want us to fail. And I was like, obviously I didn't know it was going to be this way. <laughs> Um, I actually did see that through like Twitter. Yeah, also, I posted to me for still not downloading TikTok. Okay, so let's slide into some things that are going on right now, which in the way we're talking about news, how everything's going on. Make me sad. Make me sad. All right. The Houston Texer, Texans, Texers, Texans hired uh, the Ravens <laughs> as a new head coach. Um, so that's going on in the NFL. So in, yeah, sorry. Um, I shouldn't say that as aggressively. Yeah, it's good. No, it's good. Yeah. The Texans are in like a huge dumpster fire right now. Yeah. So any positive move they could be making is great. I think that they're not going to be able to get out of that dumpster fire until they like free Deshaun Watson, um, who, I don't know. I don't really know where he would go. Maybe like the Patriots I've heard a lot of people saying. I think that'd be kind of weird, but kind of cool. I don't know. I think Cam Newton's out though for the Patriots. You do. Um, we can't talk about that now. Yeah, no. So uh, moving on, the Seahawks released Chad Wheeler yesterday after news came out that over the weekend on Saturday, he was arrested and charges were filed against him for domestic violence, specifically in strangling his girlfriend until she lost consciousness because he said bow down to me when he was eating dinner and she did not. He strangled her when she regained consciousness. Allegedly, he said, wow, you're alive. She managed to get into the bathroom, lock the door and um, call her family and the authorities. They showed up and 
Um, when they got there, Wheeler was in the bathroom with her. They arrested her. He was released on bail, um, I think, for a couple thousand dollars, um, which is definitely super annoying. The sports media world is definitely buzzing about this because the Seahawks did release him after the fact when they found out. I don't believe the NFL has made a statement yet. The Seahawks just kind of said they're going through what they're doing. Wheeler was a restricted free agent, so it's not really like they kind of like dropped him and you know, anything serious kind of went down. He was a backup alignment. So it's really not like he was their star player. Obviously we know in today's world, things are completely different in the actions that the NFL and team organizations take against high profile athletes who deal with something like this. So they released Chad Wheeler, but here we see Antonio Brown playing for the Bucks, actually on his way to a Super Bowl, and Kareem Hunt still making millions of dollars. So Speaking- I just have like, I, I think we will talk about this a lot more in depth because when I think more things kind of come out, I would love to see what charges are actually brought against him and what, um, I mean, that's attempted murder. Like that's attempted murder. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that Uh, I learned that from Twitter. I'm not like making that assumption on my own, but, um, I just have three things on this because I think we definitely will talk about this more in depth later, but we want to give a topic like this, the attention it deserves. Um, Three things is that one, I didn't know the details to which you just described. Um, and I'm sick. Um, two, I saw this and you probably did too on Twitter earlier in the day of like, why is no one talking about this? And then I saw people talking about it. So there was a point where it wasn't news. Like there was was yesterday day. And that's when it was trending, but this actually happened on Saturday. Yeah. So I, I saw it first on the, I can't believe people aren't talking about this side of Twitter and then saw it in more mainstream things, which is always a little unsettling to me that I'm like, you, y'all had to be forced into talking about this. Like if no one brought it up, were you, like, were major outlets going to cover it? That's a question. Um, and the third thing is just that, um, again, I saw that I I don't want to take credit for like these ideas, but I also saw from a lot of people on Twitter too. And I agree that he's a white guy. You didn't see a mugshot. You saw a picture of him with his hair blown in the wind in full pads in uniform and the thing. If he was a black guy, you would have saw a mugshot. If he was a black guy, he probably would have talked about it before because racism is so deep embedded in everything that we do. And so in terms of like, if anyone's going to like be like, oh, huge credit to the Seahawks for like dropping him or whatever. No, we're not going to do that because there's no question of like, maybe this guy should still be playing on our offensive line. Um, and then yeah. also just like, I mean, the NFL, man, they do, they do all their performative work. And then when it comes down to, I'm not, I, this is much more complicated than just the NFL. I think it's the way we cover sports, but why is the white guy who gets arrested for this deeply disturbing act of domestic violence shown with his hair blowing in the wind in full uniform when if there was a black if it was a black player you'd see a mugshot it's just the way that like people cover these things and it's it's clickbait every yeah in every single act of like performative activism doesn't sit right with me when it comes down to shit like this and like these like microaggressions of racism. And yeah, like I said, this is like a much bigger thing that we're going to talk about at a later time, because again, I don't want to, 
I don't want to just be like, okay, get all worked up in the morning like this. Well, yeah. And I don't want to just be like, okay, that's done and settled. Like it's a much deeper conversation about domestic violence and how men are celebrated for being violent in football. That's why Um, it was very weird throwing it in my update as if like, it's just a sentence you could. Yeah, exactly. But like, we're not going to not talk about it also. So there's a lot, there's a lot we have to discuss there. Um, yes. Um, but to get ahead, um, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Bucks. Here we go. That is in two Sundays, and I think that will be great. Um, I am taking the Chiefs in that game because, like I've been saying all week, after the Bucks beat the Saints, if the Bucks and Antonio Brown win a Super Bowl, I will not watch a single NFL game next season. Mark my words. Um, Candace Parker is going to leave the LA Sparks for Chicago you know, guy. Free agency is going off. And I'm I mad at everybody else for all of this other news because I, I was so looking forward to this. I was like, I read that she, it was confirmed that she was leaving because like there were rumors going around that she would, you know, Chicago's her home team. So she's played 13 seasons for the Sparks and then she's going to go to Chicago and people were like, oh, maybe, you know, last I mean, year, last two it. years yeah. in, the, in the league, in your hometown team is a really nice way to end it off. And then like it was confirmed and I read it so casually on Twitter. I was like, why is everyone being so calm about this? Like <laughs> going on. And that was the thing of like, I was so looking for it because it was projected to be a really crazy year in WNBA free agency. And I was really looking forward to it. I was like, not like I was going to like sit down and like focus because you can't right. it's free agency. It goes on forever. But um then there's just like all this other stuff going on. And so it's like, these things get lost. And I, I mean, obviously women's sports aren't covered as much as they should be. And then also there's 800 things going on all the time. So I can't even focus enough to be like, to, like you said, process. I'm like, okay, Candace Parker. And then I'm like, wait a second, Candace Parker. That, con- that confirmed. Why is I'm nobody like, else Parker, freaking out about what? this? Um, I mean, good for her. I mean, you don't have to talk to me about maybe finishing your career out with your hometown team and then not doing I think it. It's a great idea. I think she did the Sparks total justice in her 13 years there that she doesn't really owe them anything at this point anymore. So I think she's free to move along. I mean, Where's if I was the a loyalty fan, I in sports? animosity. Yeah. I mean, there is none. It's a business. That's what they all say. So, um, and lastly, in terms of trading, the Blue Jays picked up Steven Matz from the Mets as a Mets fan, by all means, take that dead weight off of our hands. Thank you very much. I wonder what the Mets are going to do this year. That's a, um, that's a question for another day though. Yeah. That's something for my therapist. Like I can't even get into that. Um, all right. All right. So here's what we have to talk about today. And I just want to start this conversation off. I haven't told you this, but like, there was a part of me before we started recording this that I was like, kind of last night, I was like, I don't even want to give these people another minute of my voice, my time, our platform, whatever. I just don't. I really don't because this is what they do it for. They do it for the clicks and the controversial takes and so that people will talk about them because unfortunately all press is good press. There is no such thing as bad press, whatever. It sucks that that's true. But at the same time, I believe in doing the right thing. And so I'm not going to sit by and let something like this happen and not discuss it when it's very meaningful to both you and I and tons of women and people Um, so just know that I don't want to be giving these people any more words, but I am because you know what, I'm going to say what is on my mind and I'm going to say the right thing. And 
sucks. And it goes perfectly with addressing the problem in our social media society that we kind of mentioned before with the cyberbullying as a part of your brand and the cancel culture also as a part of your brand is something that really just doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Um, so with that being said, I'm sure everyone who's listening right now knows that we are talking about the National Women's Hockey League and Barstool drama that kind of unfolded over the course of two days. Just a little background on the National Women's Hockey League to give them the promo I believe they deserve. That's the my thing is honest- I would rather sit here and spend this time talking about the the bubble the bubble tournament right. like that's what oh, i will give them a little bit of info they're actually one of the only teams in 2021 that's still doing a bubble tournament style which is great and the way that i think a lot of sports leagues like the nhl and the nba that already did it should have just keep kept doing it into 2021 the next season they're doing it in lake placid they're playing 24 games scheduled um, between six teams from the 23rd, which already kicked off a couple days ago, to February 5th, and the playoff rounds will follow in a two-week stretch to determine who is the Isabel Cup winner, which last year was canceled because of COVID. So with that. Okay, so basically what happened, and I've I've tried to look this up a lot, and some of the details, to me at least, are still a little unclear. Basically... Erica Nardini. It was zero to a hundred. The way it was zero to hundred. Erica Nardini is the CEO of Barstool Sports, um, which has a deep embedded history of racism, sexism, misogyny, all you name it. Cyberbullying. Cyberbullying. Just there. Yeah. So um, Erica Nardini has had some players from the WNHL on her podcast, Token CEO, in the past. Um, And I think they seem to be very friendly. Um, I don't know if they're they're like friends or just friends through like the industry or whatever but I don't know so basically she's also a big women's hockey player like she plays and she likes sport so this is like her passion sport that she likes so she's really into the WNHL she's promoted it on her own social media in the past which is great that's awesome she has a huge platform and she's using it to promote women's hockey which is great um I don't know if something happened that made this that escalated this or not but people tweet were tweeting criticism about nardini and about her involvement with the wnhl and just about barstool in general like wnhl fans i think journalists and then eventually some players came into that mix of voices exactly and so she so people were tweeting things i don't know what sparked that exactly but she basically put out a video on the twitter account i don't know if the instagram too of her podcast um that was background of her talking about how she is a huge part in getting the WNHL more exposure. Like, uh, I, I'm not quoting her on any of this, but like a huge part of getting them exposure. Like she, I think wants to buy a team. Like she's a, she basically saying she's a really big part of getting more eyes on the sport, getting more money in the sport. And in the background or in the video aspect of her talking is a bunch of tweets criticizing her with full usernames, full pictures, everything. So there was absolutely no privacy. Now, by law, this is completely legal because anything you put out on the internet, like that is fair use. Um, however, and the the caption to this was a message to all the Erica Nardini haters or whatever. So she basically feels like she's a really big part in this sport and it getting bigger didn't like that people were criticizing her and then compiled the criticism of her into a video 
to then put out there to be like a message to my haters. Now, just a, just a few things right off the bat. To me, it's very, very disingenuous to me to say that you want to grow this league and that like you want to be a part of it. And then at the first sight of criticism of your involvement with it, you call on all your little cronies to like cyber bully your critics. And she, I think, I don't know if this was a direct statement or just um, kind of conjecture off of things she's responded to in the past, but she basically um, has said things like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and take criticism because I'm a woman and people expect me to just sit here and take it. And I completely agree with that. But no one's asking you to sit here and take criticism because you're a woman. They're not asking you to sit here and take it. These are people that are not criticizing you based on your looks. They're taking up issue with the way that you have helped to uphold a patriarchy. That's not the same thing as calling Samantha Ponder a slut, which Barstool has done in the past. So don't sit here and pretend it is. You're not being criticized because you're a woman, you're being criticized because you're upholding values that have made it so difficult for other people in this industry to get not even a leg up, but like to get anywhere and have made it so incredibly hard for them to just go about their day at their jobs. If you've ever gone to the mentions of a female journalist in any sport, there's barstool guys left and right just coming at them for absolutely nothing. And they, and they, that's things that they either can respond to or they can just ignore. And that's completely up to you. Um, so I just think all of her statements about how much she cares about this league are really disingenuous to me because of the way she handles anything like that. Listen, if you want to be, you're the CEO of a major company, Rob Manfred, commissioner of baseball is getting hate comments left and right on the daily. And I'm not saying that Rob Manfred's better or whatever. But I'm saying that when you're in that a high up position in the media, there will be people that have issues with you, whether it's warranted or not. With Rob Manfred, sometimes people are just mad because why can't we bat flip? And that's a stupid rule. And you want to grow baseball and you're doing absolutely everything in your power to not do that. Erica Nardini, you are upholding a culture of the patriarchy. People have an issue with that. No one's sitting here and being like, mm, she'd be a lot prettier and a lot more fun to look at if her hair was different. No one's saying that. They're saying, hey, can you please not impinge on like the very few rights I have in this industry? Like, is that cool? Can we be cool with that? And she's not. Because then when that happens, she says, hey, everybody, look at these people that were mean to me on the internet. And I'm, I'm sorry, you're like, you're, you're going to try to start internet drama and cyberbully people when you're a full grown adult. Yes. That's immature. It's immature. And for a you to full be a grown executive adult, you're a, the CEO of a major company and your first impulse at criticism is like, let me get all my little like followers to cyberbully them. And then that doesn't, that's also not taking away, like, let's not take away from the issue of how, um, I just want to say uncool because I don't have a better word for it. It is to put usernames and like the people, the journalists and the fans and the players that have spoken out against how they don't agree with Barstool. Guess what? They're allowed to not agree with you. Like they have gotten so much hate. I've seen some of them go private on Twitter because their, their names and their, their handles and all of that are put out into this world of like, okay, go be mean to that person. And they do it and they do it. So it's just super, super uncool. Um, and there's more to it. 
um, Saroya Tinker, Tinker, I keep saying that wrong every time. Um, she was actually the first player to speak out. She responded to the, um, to the video put out by, by Nardini. And I can actually read what she says. And she's, um, she is black and she plays in the WNHL and she has been very, um, outspoken on issues of race in hockey and things like that. And she's been a huge proponent of talking about it, um, which is not done as much in hockey as it is in other sports. So I think that's really important. And I will find it. So stand by. Um, so while you find that, let me just address one thing um, on this issue. So her video that was originally posted that Lily mentioned with like the taglines and everything like that um, kind of asks this question. Um, why is it such a bad thing that she wants to support um, the National Women's Hockey League and why is she getting pushback? And when I kind of watched the video, I also watched Dave Portnoy's emergency press conference video and this whole thing when I was researching gave me, it made me so conflicted because no, it's not a bad thing that she wants to support them and bring them profit and bring them um, a bigger audience and make people aware that this is going on. But this is what makes it a bad thing. And I realized this after Portnoy released his emergency press conference video because he, like I believe, always has to have the last say in these matters that frankly have nothing to do with him. Um, so here's my take on it. It's not a bad thing that she wants to support them personally. It's actually a really good thing. I think the interviews she's done with the women that have the players that have come on her podcast are good. And I think that the awareness that she's made is good, but as a woman supporting a woman's league, it's really hard to accept the support, like having that type of support when it comes hand in hand with the support of Barstool Sports and the brand that goes along with it. The brand that we talked about that is misogyny, cyberbullying and everything else you can think of that they have done. Being the CEO of a company and being so petty about something like that and then sicking people on them on the internet, knowing, and you can play the whole, oh, I didn't explicitly tell them, but I'll be damn sure that they know when they post a blog post or a video or a podcast or anything on Twitter or any platform that they use, they see the responses and the mentions and replies that they get back from men who are doing God knows what in whatever part of the world, watching these and coming at these women, specifically women, um, after the fact and defending barstool sports when they really frankly don't need any defending. So they talk and in Dave Portnoy's video, you know, he threatened the support of the NWHL with, you know, they have millions and billions of dollars that they can use to support and flaunt around um, and use that. And that's like, and they're like threatening that they're going to take it away from you know, the NWHL and that they can start their own league and stuff like that. And if they were so kind as to buy a team, invest in the NWHL, that's one thing. But what does that any of that support mean to a women's league who was founded for women's sports? The journalists are mostly women and stuff like that. What does it mean if it's coming from a man not too long ago that called ESPN Sam Ponder a fucking slut who should dress sexier and stop talking about being a working mom on sports TV. You know, it's like, here's where we're at supporting the National Women's Hockey League. And they're on the complete other side of the spectrum doing things that completely counteract what women in sports as journalists, as players, as fans are trying to do, have been trying to do for years. <laughs> Worked up. No, for real. And so I ended up finding that tweet and 
so this actually goes really hand in hand with what you're saying. Um, Soraya Tinker tweeted in quote tweeted the video. We as a league do not want support from any openly racist platform point blank period. If you as the CEO cannot recognize that your platform promotes that of white supremacy and only further divides the athletic community, perhaps we need to have a conversation. Please keep your money. Now, I didn't see this before, but someone responded to it um, saying that since I've been hired, I think this is someone that obviously works at Barstool. Um, since I've been hired at, at Bar, since I've been hired, Barstool has given me free reign to shine a light on different cultures around the world. China, Zimbabwe, Japan, etc. One that I can't pronounce and I don't want to butcher it. You calling the company opening openly racist is akin to me googling hockey racist and being like, "Yep, it's an inherently racist sport." So I just this is the thing I want to say about this. And have you I've, ever read an article from Barstool Sports about Zimbabwe? I mean, maybe it's, I'm I'm sure it's there if he's saying it is. But here's my thing, and this is I think. I'm not a scholar on this and I would love to talk to somebody who is, but they're the whole thing of like, well, I did, they're doing this now. So it's okay. Right. Like that doesn't sit right with me because if they're giving that person, whoever that was a platform to talk about other cultures and things like that, that is great. That is great. If they're giving, and I've seen other things like that in support of Barstool of like, they've given me this platform to do all this stuff and whatever. Um, and that is awesome. However, there is still the, here's the thing. Dave Portnoy has openly said the N word as an adult and said he would not be apologizing for it. So when you're like, okay, let me throw, like, I'll let people talk about other cultures. Um, and then you're like, we're not racist. I'm like, it doesn't really sound like the actions that you're saying, like, I have a black friend, so I'm not racist. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't really sound like the actions that you're taking now really line up with what you have established as your company's values. I'm not apologizing for that. I'm not saying like ap- apologies don't necessarily make everything all better and it all goes away, but you in saying that are saying that it is not something worth me apologizing for. And so that means that I'm letting it slide and I don't think it's that big of a deal. And so then everything else after that feels very performative to me of like, look, we're not racist. We talk about other cultures. When in reality, so much, and this is like a much more like detailed and in-depth conversation about like society and like sociology and stuff like that. But like, it's not even just the openly racist things that have been said by Barstool staffers in the past. It's just everything about the culture that they create. This is like my other thing with Barstool in general that goes into this whole, just this whole thing. Um, Well, First off, let, let me like give let me give like the more news stuff. Um, the NWHL commissioner Tyler Timinia, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, later released a statement. I'll just paraphrase. On behalf of the WNHL, I would like to respond to the video posted last night by a media platform, um, investment, fan engagement, and coverage. As commissioner, my top priority is to protect, promote, and reinforce the values of the WNHL and its players. First and foremost, we must remain inclusive and empowering for women. The success of our movement hinges on respect opportunity a strong sense of connectedness across our players team etc etc there is no circumstance which it would be acceptable to call out many of the reporters staff members and fans who have given so much to women's hockey especially knowing that these people could be targeted or harassed on social media that sounds like an adult wrote it right like this now sounds like adults are talking um he, the world he perfectly is- captures the situation yeah in the world in, in the, the world of social media i'm concerned about the impact of the video and the aftermath of its members on the WNHL family. Um, like every professional sports league, the WNHL has a formal application review process for prospective owners. This will be 
this will continue to be strictly adhered to. So, oh, and we have received inquiries from several groups interested in purchasing, cl- in, in purchasing clubs, but the WNHL will not sell a club to anybody who is not fully supportive of its league's values. Um, now, I saw some things that were saying how, like, the coach of the Riveters um, was speaking out in support of Nardini and what she did. Um, and so that's part of the thing of, like, it doesn't really seem like it's all lining up for people because you have players that are friends with her and that really like her. And I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody who you can't be friends with. If you want to be friends with her, by all means, you made a really good point that it's, like, there's a difference, I think, between her coming into this as Erica Nardini and her coming into it as Erica Nardini, CEO of Barstool Sports. Um, And so, yeah, so it doesn't – what those values are and how they want to protect and uphold those values doesn't seem to be very clear across the league. And I hope that they do figure that out. But the other thing about just the bar stool thing, and you know what, the thing that's like frustrating, but also I don't think we care. I, you and I don't care what people think, but you know, you can't tell crazy people that they're crazy. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, but like we said, any press is good press, unfortunately. So for every sexist or gross comment that a barstool staffer makes, they're going to get a headline for it. They're going to get clicks for it. And that's more important to them than creating a positive and fun space for people in sports. Now about the whole, about this whole thing of how Nardini was mad and about her owning a team and like, blah, 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 whatever. I think regardless of the situation or the outlet or whatever, to think that you as an individual are going to be responsible for either the popularity or lack thereof of an entire sports league is completely, completely smug and arrogant. Like, okay. I'm sure like, listen, she has a huge platform and a lot of money and that would help. But I don't think that you are the make or break of this league. And I think that the NWHL would, like we said, along with the brand of what comes along with CEO of Barstool Sports is that they might and it's kind of prominent now based off the commissioner's comments that they might want to try to make it on their own. And it kind of, my last two points that I want to make on this, that kind of wraps it up. Like I said, I was conflicted about the way I leaned in this type of situation. And like I mentioned, what did it for me really was Portnoy's comments after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only was Nardini's video kind of weird to me for the fact of being so open about it, like with the handles, and kind of calling on the cronies to kind of come out like whether she really said it or not that's what was implied um as for barstool right now it's already profiting off of their controversy they are now selling nardini hockey league sweatshirts based off of portnoy's emergency press conference where he said he looked at erica after the fact when all this was unfolding yesterday and said you want to start our own hockey league i'm game you want to put all these guys out of business that's fine you for any of the nwhl players and I'm paraphrasing that want to grow a pair and stick up for Erica that have been on the podcast before and have like had conversations with with her and know her on a personal level you're welcome into our league as for the people that are calling her out and saying that they don't want any of our support you're out of a job when the Nardini Hockey League starts um so defending her bold of you to assume you're the make or break of women's hockey (laughs) Right. So um, that's kind of where they lost me. You know, whether Nardini was actually hurt about like losing the relationship with a sports league that she respects and loves so much and a sport that she plays is one thing. And I just don't think that a grown adult 
adult who cares that much would act that way. A sane grown adult would act that way. Um, coming out with a hate video as like an executive of a company that Dave Portnoy said she is the best, one of the top best executives in sports right now. Well, honestly, I don't ever see, like you mentioned, Rob Manfred or Roger Goodell or whoever else you want to throw in the mix as like a top executive in a sports league. Um, coming up with a video and calling out everybody that has ever said anything bad about them online. If you're, um, if you're making so it's, it's very weird to me and I just don't understand like this joking or not so joking threat of starting their own league um, and wanting to put people out of business that have spoken against you because they don't like their values, but that's like freedom of speech. So I don't, I just don't understand their vibe and Dave Portnoy you know, I get what he was trying to do with the press conference, you know, stick up for his CEO. If he felt like he needed to do that, that's fine. If I was Erica Nardini, I would have told him to keep his big mouth shut and to stay out of my business. And I would not have posted a video like that. If I was genuinely heard about it, I would have posted, there have been some people hating on me for my support. And I just want to say like, regardless of how you view Barstool, this is how I feel personally about a sport that I played growing up my whole That's life. Like how something that I want to see grow. And if I personally, as Erica Nardini, not as CEO of Barstool, could buy and own a, a team, that's completely different than Barstool Sports owning yeah. a a team in the NWHL. And I think that's what they're missing is not so much her personally supporting it, but the brand that comes along with Barstool Sports and everything terrible that they have done over the short time of them being in existence. Well, and I mean, I think there's a part of me that agrees with you, but agrees with you, but there's also a part of me that's like, you've made it very clear that these things are okay with you. And so like, it's, then it's hard to separate as it. it's like, oh, can right. you just leave work and you turn off the like, yeah, that misogynistic comment was cool. Um, right. But listen, for you to fucking sit here and make me make Rob Manfred the good guy in any situation, like you've really, yeah, like, thanks. You've really done it. You've really done it. Um, no. So like on the overall Barstool aspect of it, people at Barstool have made like their entire tagline that cancel culture is toxic and they don't believe in it. Now, cancel culture is a whole other topic that we're not going to get into today because it's there's a lot to it. It's very layered. Yeah, and I'm not a psychologist. So. Yeah. But while they don't believe in cancel culture, they also don't believe in accountability. And whenever they're faced with even the slightest bit of it, they try to turn it around and blame their own actions on their, quote, haters being too sensitive. Now, there are haters in the world and everyone has them, whatever. Um, but when any time and also every time you're faced with any sort of mistake of yours or misstep of yours, no matter how big or small it is, you immediately turn the blame to others. Maybe it's time to grow up and realize that being controversial isn't the same thing as being good. It's just like, if people are taking up issue with things you have to say that much, it might not be everybody else being sensitive. Maybe the things you're saying are toxic and hurtful. And now this is like kind of you said, like kind of wrapping it up there. Part of this, and I think part of why we get so worried about it is because what happens here with Nardini and the WNHL is such a, such like a microscopic look at these huge issues that are dealt with, with women in the sports industry all the time and issues of like, well, she's a woman. Why shouldn't you be excited for her for being a CEO? And it's just not as simple as that. Um, so I think part of what a lot of people that are outside the industry don't understand, um, is how much people like Erica Nardini and the way that they allow these things really set all of us back. 
Um, like if you've ever heard the phrase, don't call other women bitches, because then it makes men it's a, think it's okay to do so. She runs a website with a deep history of racism and sexism and misogyny and all of that. Um, and she has seen no issue in it. And anyone that does see an issue in it is just a hater. Um, so when you have a woman in a very powerful position, either doing work that or supporting work that or turning a blind eye to work that diminishes women's place in sports and in sports media, it allows people, mainly men, to act like it's okay and there's no problem with it because, well, a woman said it's okay for me to talk like this, so it must be okay. If, if a woman says it's okay for me to talk about women like that, then why do you have an issue with it? When in reality, so many of us spend all day deleting derogatory comments or replying to trolls on the internet. So when Erica Nardini goes out of her way, someone's a CEO, you have nothing to prove here. You have made it very clear. You don't care about other people's opinion of you. You're doing you and that's fine. Act like it. When she comes out and attacks women journalists for saying something she simply didn't like and didn't sit right with her, it allows men to think that that's okay. When it's the exact opposite of what a lot of us have been working to educate people on of like, just because you disagree with someone's take on the bears doesn't mean you get to come at them for their appearance and everything they do. And men have been terrible to women journalists in every way imaginable. So to have women then attacking other women with that same energy to me is the furthest thing from a feminist value. So when you start attacking journalists for saying something you didn't like on top of allowing a culture that demeans women and has had a history of racism, sexism, um, no, your values don't align with those of the WNHL. Um, and now here's the thing, I'm not Erica Nardini. So I'm not gonna sit here and call her stupid or uneducated um, or looking for her 15 minutes of fame the way she does to other people. I'm not in the business of attacking people that disagree with me, but I would hope this is, and I, I genuinely mean this, I would hope that she takes time to grow and learn and reflect on how the culture of her company has negatively impacted sports media for people of color, women's sports leagues, women of color, women's sports, women in sports media, um, the leagues that she loves so much, all of which she has said she has a part in. So that's kind of like my, the reflection of this small issue on this bigger thing. And now just to kind of like my disclaimer of all of this, not even a disclaimer, but like people will absolutely, when you say any sort of like criticism of a woman, of a woman, people will absolutely throw something back at you and go, well, there's a woman in a position of power and you're tearing her down. That's not, that's not a feminist value of you. Um, and I would tell you that you're almost there. You're close, but not quite. Um, the feminism, the feminism in quotes that Barstool puts out to me doesn't exactly fall under the under the term feminism the way people, mainly men, want to think it does. It falls into like what people have called liberal feminism or choice feminism. Um, I saw someone call it call her daddy feminism. Um, and because things like things like call her daddy and like just a lot of the the support of women that the quote support of women that Barstool has done in the past. Um, it is very performative in some ways because what it's you have word to describe it are your values don't align with that. And now like just take call her daddy for an, for example, call her daddy normalizes talking about sex for women, which is a good thing. And it's really important. But so that's why when I say I don't like call her daddy and I, I think it's toxic, people are like, well, women need to be talking about their sex lives and we need to know that. And you're right, they do. So in that way, that's great that there's a podcast for women that talk that normalizes talking about sex for women. And that's good. But 
they do it through the lens of men's pleasure. So for me, that takes away from the empowerment factor of it because that's how they, that's how they do this. So yeah. Is it great that there's a, that Barstool has a female CEO? It's like female senators. They're like, well, aren't you excited that a female is a senator? I'm like, well, when she's working to take away my rights and the rights of other women and trans women and women of color, no, it's not a good thing. And that's the whole thing of like being a woman in a position of power and saying you're a feminist doesn't make you a feminist when you continue. That's again, that's that liberal feminism, that choice feminism, because really what feminism is about is about the group working for the whole. And that's food insecurity, that's racism, that's homelessness, those are things. And her individual feminism is taking away from the feminism of other people. And that's why to me, it's not it's not the feminism that people make it out to be. Or at least Dean, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm maxing out. That's, that's what we have to say. Um, do you have any final thoughts on this? No, I just, I just think that if you want to support women's sports leagues, um, you have to show all the actions of your life, not just for the fact that you want to make monetary profit um, for the business, because I think not everything is about money. Um, specifically in women's sports, yes, they would like more money, more funding, more support, more viewership, a larger audience, but it's also about um, commanding their respect and having everyone just know that regardless of their viewership and how many people tune into a channel to watch their finals, it's more about having everyone else, specifically men, know that they deserve to be in a rank televised on TV. Yeah, and I don't want to oversimplify it at just like the NBA does, um, you know, like the women's national soccer team deserves to be paid as much as men do deserves to be showed as much as men do deserves that much respect from the American population as the men's team does, because they have done so much, um, to further the sport. So it's, it's really not always about money and as much money as you want to threaten and flaunt around that you have um you're completely missing the bigger picture here which is what i i think barstool misses the bigger picture almost often uh, always <laughs> so that's that's my piece yeah and it. listen i'm i believe in restorative justice if barstool and people involved it want to come out and say hey we how we have been and how the culture that we've promoted is not okay i'd be like Oh, I'm listening. Um, and if you want to be in support of the National Women's Hockey League, which it doesn't sound like they do anymore, um, that's great. And I want you to be in support of the National Women's Hockey League. I want you to be in support of the WNBA. That's the other thing. I don't really see a lot of support from the WNBA, WNBA for them. I see the support for the league that Nardini has friends in. Um, so if that's something you want to do, I'm I'm not writing you off in that way. Like I'm not saying, nope, never. Like want to take responsibility for your actions and actually work to better them and to create a to undo the toxic culture that you created i'd be happy to happy to watch you do it but i'm not i don't i don't know i don't really believe that they're ever gonna shift from like what it is currently this has been this has been do i have i have a few tweets of the week do we want to do that yeah okay now, that was a really weird note to end on, but the moral of the story is watch women's sports, support women's sports, read women journalists, and also general rule for anybody, no matter who you are, when you're about to say something on the internet, think is what I'm saying. I don't, there's an actual like outline for this that I'm going to mess up, but it's like, 
is what I'm saying adding something positive to the world? Is what I'm saying raising an important question? If the answer is no to either of those, and you can also look up the, that actual quote if you f- feel inclined to, then don't do it. Don't do it. You gain nothing. You don't gain what you think you gain from bullying someone on the internet. I promise you, you don't. There's no, there's no reason to do it. And also if you wanna do it, maybe look inside and think, why do I wanna say this mean thing to someone on the internet? What in me is wanting to be mean to people? I don't know through a screen. I genuinely encourage you to look inside. I don't think we'll ever know. We'll never know. All right. So I I bookmarked three tweets for the tweet of the week. And you know what? This is our podcast. And we can do whatever we want. So I'm just going to read all three of them. No rules. Go for it. I don't even remember what they are because they were just links when I like bookmarked them. Oh, okay. This one's related. Um, Barstool built a company on upholding hateful ways of thinking. Um, Black, Indigenous, people of color, women, LGBT plus community. I just think... Barstool, jail. What a bunch of snowflakes. Grr, Saturdays for boys. Um, I saw that one. Okay, this is an old one. This is from the inauguration, but it was the pit. Okay, we didn't. We never even got into the Bernie memes on this podcast, but whatever. We'll maybe someday. Um, it was the picture of Bernie not sitting, but he was like walking down the stairs and he was holding that envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone tweeted Bernie was zero satorial consideration, just full Vermont grandfather. And someone quote tweeted it with inside the envelope is an article Bernie cut out of the newspaper that he thought Biden would find interesting. <laughs> and I loved that. Okay. This is my last one. Uh, oh my God. This is the best one. So I don't know if anybody saw this, but Florida makes bid to host Olympics. If Tokyo backs out, did you see that? You know, the tweet that I'm going to say, right? Um, someone quoted it with Lord, please grant me the misplaced confidence of the state of Florida. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't so, we all be so lucky? That was funny. I saw that one. I laughed for a really long time. Um, so my tweet, I just have one. Um, I don't want student loan forgiveness. I want student loan revenge. <laughs> and it's just funny because it's very funny the way they call it forgiveness. That's the whole thing where it's like, have you, like, I just don't, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I don't get it. Like, I understand where people are coming from on it, but the student loans thing would be like, well, I had to pay my student loans. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I see where you're coming from, but like, why are you just so quick to wish bad things upon other people? Like, where does that come from, guys? Like, well, I had to pay mine, so everyone else should be in debt forever. It's like, you're not in debt. Congrats, you paid yours off. That's dope. I'm happy for you. Why must other people be miserable for you? I don't know. That's a that's a big theme on this podcast, questioning. Why must other people be miserable for your own gain? We may never know. We may never know. This has been another emotional that's not I don't like that word emotionally productive emotionally productive I feel like we talked some things out um this has been another I'm just gonna call it great episode of throwing down just Lily I'm Lily Caffrey Levine and I'm Joseph King and uh remember guys it's never just sports we will see you next time thanks for tuning in